Let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six, okay? But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four, that? Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six? Yep. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. One and two and three and four and five and... Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. Another day, another dollar. Here's what I know. If you're making a dollar a day, you're making, you're doing all right. If it is 1630 and you're living in Venezuela. If you're making a dollar a day and it's 1630 and you're in Venezuela, you've got a Porsche. You've got your own monkey. You're eating enchiladas every night. But if you're making a dollar a day and it's 2024 Nashville. You're still fine in Venezuela. <laughs> What's that? You're still fine in Venezuela. But yeah. I haven't been to Venezuela in a while. But I did talk I was talking to a lady yesterday who was from Venezuela. And she was telling me that it's a beautiful place if you know where to go. See, I'm not into that. I'm not my my brother-in-law has been living in Colombia. Okay. For the past 6 months and he's one of those guys. He's like he wants to find the good shit but he's willing to walk through the dark night to find it. That's, yeah. that's his, he gets his kicks that way. He's willing to walk through a through a, a a row of machetes to get to some coconut stand on the beach. Yeah, well some and how good is that coconut stand? It can't be that good. Like fuck no, dude. No I don't give a fuck what it is. If I got to walk through machetes, uh-uh. America's one big shopping mall. I get it. That sucks. But he wants to just get plopped down into the darkness. And uh, and he wants to live in it, you know? Like, he gets an apartment in the bad part of town. Uh, he he goes to the weird club. He goes to shady clubs. I remember when I my first marriage, we went on a cruise to jamaica and you know you've been on a cruise have you ever been on a cruise you've worked cruises i do know jamaica me crazy you buy these excursions that when the boat docks you buy this thing through the cruise line so you'll you'll go deep sea diving but it's all through the cruise and they strongly encourage you yeah don't go rogue no when we when we land in jamaica stay in this little tourist area don't go do your own thing no well i'm 22 my wife's 22 we're young and dumb. And we were like, we want to just go see Jamaica. We're not scared. We were like super religious. We were like, God, God's got our back and shit. Yeah, yeah. And dude, we got in this cab and we, were, we, we like looked up a thing. We we're like, oh, we want to go to this mountain. And we got in this cab. Oh, no, we wanted to go to a restaurant in downtown Jamaica. We get in the cab and I'm like, hey, we want to go to this restaurant. Do you know where this is? Mm-hmm. And then he just starts driving us the wrong way up a circuitous road into a mountain. Uh-oh. And I'm yelling at him. I'm like, "Hey, where are you taking us?" We're and he's just not ta- speaking. He's just driving. Oh no! And I'm thinking, "Well, we're getting sex. I'm going to get killed. My wife's going to get sex trafficked for sure." The doors are not opening. Oh no! From the inside, and so I went kind of full chimp empire, and I just started freaking out. Like, and I scared this guy, and he just stopped, and then he hit a button, and the doors unlocked, and we got out, and we just started walking where we came from very fast. And to get back to the boat, like we could see the boat. Yeah. But to get back, we had to walk through uh, basically a neighborhood. Yeah. 
And it was one of the scariest walks ever. And no one did anything, but dude, everyone was looking at us like, you are in the wrong place. Yeah. You do not belong here. Yeah. You were getting your you were getting your groove on like Stella. And they were like, Oh, I guess they're getting their groove on like Stella. We're about to get the harvesting their organs on. Here's what I know about people who are like gonna go try to find that coconut stand in the jungle. They don't have what you and me have, which is called an active imagination. Because if you got that active imagination, dude, I'm sitting here right now listening to the story. Sweat is pouring <laughs> down my face. Because yeah. I'm there. I'm there right now feeling what you were feeling. And, dude, I'm in the comfort of my own fucking home. I know. I'm the same way. Yeah, it's got to be lack of imagination. Isabel, this is Isabel's brother. And uh, she's like, you know, you know that thing that free solo guy has. He's missing yeah. the the risk yeah. thing. So it's yeah. a combination of lack of lack of imagination about what's possible in this fucking evil world, and it's missing the risk, the thing in your frontal lobe or whatever that goes, hey, risk, risk, alert, don't do that. Yeah, it's not even that the world is evil. The world is just what it is. But like, my son's eighteen, and never in the eighteen years that he was alive, maybe the last couple of years, but when he was a kid, I never let him out of my sight. I was never like, go outside and play while I'm inside. I'm the same way because in my mind, the minute he leaves the door, he's being kidnapped. Now nobody's kidnapping my son. I didn't get kidnapped. You didn't get kidnapped. But in my mind, always getting kidnapped in my mind. So I can't, yeah. let him, I can't let him go outside, not because of the world, not because it's evil, but because of my damn fucking horrible, uh, but, well, one, but wonderful imagination. Well, let me, let me clarify, first of all. I'm not saying the world's only evil. I'm just saying there's evil in the world. There's just evil in the world. And it will be, it can it, give it enough time and it will befall you. But this has happened to me last night. Uh, Nova's in the bathtub and she's singing and I can hear it through the walls because her room's next to our living room. And like every 40 seconds, I turn the football game down. I'm like, Nova, you okay? And Isabel goes, she's fine. Why do you keep doing that? Because I'm imagining her slipping in, in the bathroom, of course. hitting her head and drowning in the tub. And yeah. then she's, and then we don't hear from her because she likes to sit in the tub and read now. Yeah. And then we go in and she's floating in the tub. Yeah. That's just what I think of immediately. No, because here's what happens when you get out of the tub. By the way, if you don't know this, if you've never been in a tub, this is what happens when you get out of the tub, especially if you're young. Your foot slips, you hit the back of your head, you fall unconscious, you roll over, and you float with your belly towards the earth and your back towards the sun. And then your, your loved ones come in and they find you there with blood too, you know, seeping out of the back of your head, but you're dead. So it's like old blood. And I imagine that her, the, the sort of muffled singing through the walls is her trying to call for help. That's her and ghost. That's her ghost trying to like tell you, Hey, I'm fine in the afterlife. Well, just imagine if you go in there 30 minutes later and she drowned. Yeah, and the muffled sound you heard from the from the wall was her calling for help, but she hit her head. So and she was like drowning. Like these are the things I dwell on, and that you know you can't really go through life doing that. But that's what occurs to me. So yeah, I'm not walking through Machete Meadow for coconut water. No, 
But here's the thing, though. If we did walk through Machete Water, I mean, if we did walk through Machete Meadow to get to that sweet, sweet coconut water, I guess if we did that enough, it would probably take away this sort of like, you'd probably be like, oh, she's in the bathtub. She'll probably be okay because we just fucking made it through Machete Meadow. But Here's the thing, though. <laughs> but I'm not going through Machete Meadow. Well, here's the thing. If you walk through Machete Meadow enough, you will get, like, the things yeah. you're afraid of will happen to you. Eventually, you're going to, one time, you'll be walking through Machete Meadow, and those machetes are going to be a little bit ready. Dude, dude, think you. about it. <laughs> I, we walked through this Jamaican fucking grotto, and we could be like, well, we walked through it. I mean, it was fine. Okay, go walk through it. 10 days in a row yeah at at a certain point you're not safe anymore like we were in danger now just because nothing happened doesn't mean we were not in danger yeah you ever you ever kind of found yourself i remember one time we were touring in san francisco at the independent and this is kind of before san francisco became fucking escape from la beyond thunderdome mad max shit which is what it is now and we were playing the independent and you had walked somewhere for coffee or you had gone to do something and you were like, dude, like two blocks away, it got really dicey. Oh yeah. And sometimes you just sort of find yourself in a, especially if you travel a lot, like, and believe me, dude, this is happening more and more. This is happening in even smaller towns, B markets that you never thought you could go for a walk or you're looking for some coffee and two blocks in, you're like, Ooh, I'm, I'm in a dicey sitch. Yeah. Well, here's, yeah, it's true. But I mean, let's, also go let's let's head back to san francisco because i've been touring in san francisco for 24 years it's always been dicey as fuck there's never been a time where i've gone on a walk where i'm walking for a couple blocks i'm like oh this is a beautiful part of the city and then i walk another block and there's a dude standing there in my way in the middle of the sidewalk and i'm like is he holding the syringe in his mouth yeah oh he is oh that's interesting think i'll scoot on over to the other side of the road we saw it in portland portland has all these like public water fountains and uh i was with a bandmate of mine who had never been i'm like dude let me take you to powell books and you know this big bookstore and you know portland you know portland keep portland weird and there's art and food and we're walking around i'm like oh there's a man washing a syringe in the public water fountain uh oh there's a man smoking crack in the little doorway of an alley it was just like so gnarly, dude. Like zombie shit. Well, Portland, again, I'm going to go back to Portland. I mean, I was in Portland 20 years ago and I saw the same thing going on. I will say this, though, since they legalized everything in Portland, it is a little bit more out in the open. Like nothing's illegal in Portland now. There's no, they decriminalized all drug use, which is an interesting way, to, which I, I've always been like, yeah, well, that's what you should do. But here's the problem. You have to, in addition to legalizing or decriminalizing drugs, you have to institute some real serious like safety nets for these people who are addicts and drug, you know, and they get addicted to these drugs and they're not providing that part. So now you just have rampant drug addiction which leads to the last time we were there i think you were you might have been there with me where the fucking van got broken into were you on that trip i was not yeah the last time we were in portland we're staying at the is it the The jupiter Jupiter. the jupiter yeah which we've stayed at many times and sure enough uh we 
walked away from the van for a second and somebody smashed the front window and grabbed a backpack out of the front seat. Whose backpack did they get? Was it Wayne? Might have been Wayne. Man. Might have been Wayne. So there were some drumsticks in there. I remember a show somewhere. I feel like it's at the Doug Fur. It might have actually been in Brooklyn, which is almost as far away from that as you can get in America, where Jay got so upset because he thought we were leaving his bag. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. it, Dude, I ended up being the one chilling Jay out in the lobby because he was mad at Ted because he thought we were all intentionally leaving his, you know, Jay carries one of those like messenger bags. I do remember like, that. I, Jay, Jay will get upset sometimes. And I remember, I remember that probably being the most upset he's ever gotten. I've never seen it. And he's been upset at me many times. You know, as me and Jay were slowly becoming the friends that we are today, we had some, we had some rough patches. Um, and I remember seeing him in that lobby and like, he just was fucking had this far away look in his eye. And I was just like, Jay, it was just so interesting because his, he, I, he was obviously upset. He obviously really believed what he was upset about. And his version of reality was just so not what was happening. And I, I, I don't know if I had just not been drinking or whatever, but I was like stone cold sober trying to chill him out. And he, he was just convinced that this thing had happened. It was an odd, an odd thing. Yeah. There was no talking sense into him. It was, it was strange because he's a Jay. If you don't know Jay, like he, a lot of people know who Jay is. Jay Thomas is, is the guy who runs sound for me and sometimes will do the, who likes to party after the show? Jay Thomas. Beautiful man. Wonderful dude. Uh, a great person to have on your team. Smart, funny, sensitive, very talented at his job. Um, and uh, also not a man to be fucked with, dude. He was like a bouncer <laughs> for years. Like this, he can, he will fucking knock you out if if <laughs> if that's what it takes and you don't want to get knocked out by jay thomas you want him no. to, to tell you something funny because he's really funny and that's the only time i remember like going like it was really hard to talk him off the cliff because he was gonna i think he really was gonna beat ted's ass well what was crazy is that, that night I think I was rooming with wayne and he was rooming with ted so i was right. like look we're all switching rooms i was like you come with me yeah and I took him out on the balcony and just, he slowly chilled out. And then, and then we were all laughing within an hour. Yeah. But damn. It, it was close. It was weird. <laughs> that was the machete meadow right there. dude. That, that was, was walking through meadow. Jamaica. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to walk through Jay Thomas machete meadow. The, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the only other time I saw him, I saw him get where I thought, oh, he's going to jail. Was when we were we were going through TSA, and the guy like I don't know how this works with TSA, but every once in a while you'll get a really handsy TSA guy, and I don't know, I've never experienced it myself, but I've seen it yeah. where you'll get a dude, obviously some kind of a closeted TSA person, or maybe a murderer or a pedophile or something that's working at TSA, and he will take that opportunity to grab some nuts and and uh and he did that with jay i saw this guy pat down jay thomas and and grab some nuts mm -hmm. oh my god dude i really i thought jay was going to jail that i was like he's gonna go to he's gonna knock this guy out and then go to jail for it 
and somehow reason showed up at the last minute and saved him from knocking this guy out. I've never seen again, same kind of like with Teddy. It was, he was so upset. Have you ever seen that at TSA guys? They'll just like, something doesn't go right with the scan. And they're like, Oh, I got to pat you down. And they'll just get in there and pat you down. I'm like, what are you doing? It's so dehumanizing and debasing in so many ways. And like, there's been plenty of studies that have shown that it really, the effectiveness of TSA is, is just kind of bullshit. And now we just subject ourselves. Do you think about it? Plane tickets are expensive, man. We're customers. Like we we're paying for the travel and we're paying for an experience. And to have to be treated that way and subjugated to that intense invade an invasion of privacy with your belongings, invasion of your personal space. I've never had someone grope me, but I've I've hated, I've been uncomfortable. And I here's my thing with TSA. Like I understand that they're just trying to pay their bills. They're doing a job. So and I understand that, you know, the, the the players at the top of the game are the ones to really hate, not these fucking guys. We're all the same. But I'm not going to fucking smile while they do it. Right. I'm not going to I'm not going to act like I'm having a good time. And, I, you know, so I do my stone cold and I have a very palpable personality. If I'm not feeling it, you can feel it around me. And I, I exert I, I emit that energy to them because I don't I, don't make me like I'll eat the shit sandwich, but don't make me say it tastes good. And I remember one guy was like patting me down and down in my shit and I'm feeling fucking invaded. But dude, imagine just a stranger touching you like that. That's what it is. And he goes, hey, I don't like this any more than you do, buddy. And I said, I'm pretty sure I like this less than you. Yeah. You know, you're the one groping me, Also, you have a choice. You have a choice at that point. You 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 can pretend to do your job. I get randomly selected a lot just because I'm usually carrying like gear and my gear my gear kind of pings things like and it's just you know it's so arbitrary if you fly a lot you just see how arbitrary it all is like when i when i do fly dates i have this little pedal board and i have a dual mono case that you can put two guitars in but i put one guitar in one sleeve and a little fly date pedal board in the other boom i'm ready to rock at any show as long as there's an amp well that thing either half the time it goes through the machine half the time they say we can't take this through the machine half the time they make me take all the electronics out first half the time they tell me to send it through uh half the time i get selected for a check and then they take it all out and then they don't know how to zip it up and then they what they wipe it with this little fucking clearox clearasil pad run it through a computer that looks like it's from 1975 and then clear me they never explain anything and yeah and in the meantime they're going to pat you down and gr- and fucking grope you for what, dude? For masturbating later when they masturbate. And then you've got people in other rooms that you can't even see that can see way more detail. Those guys are just masturbating while they're watching you. Uh, they're 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 currently masturbating. The, the people that are patting you down are masturbating 45 minutes from now. Well, don't you just think they're like, okay, I get it. 9-11, the, one of the greatest American tragedies ever after like the Civil War. Okay, 3,000 people died. Uh, horrible. And and death to all the people who did it. Kill them. You know, like I get it. But there need so we instituted this TSA thing, right? We're gonna save the we're gonna we're gonna prevent all this. We're gonna inconvenience Americans for 25 years. No reports on the effectiveness of TSA. Have you ever read an article or seen an official report that's like, by the way, all this discomfort and all this money for the infrastructure of the security that we've implemented because of 9-11, here's how good it works. Boom, 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 boom. You ever seen anything like that? 
Well, here's what I do know. Now, if you if like one day you just showed up at the airport and they're like, Yeah, we decided we we realized that TSA is not really doing anything, so we did away with it. People would be like, What? You can just walk in without getting your bags x-rayed, just walk right up to the gate, get on the plane. People would freak the fuck out at this point. Now everybody's convinced that everybody's trying to get a bomb on the plane. Well, kind of like how you can wear a mask everywhere now, or you don't have to wear a mask anywhere anymore. Kind of like how you don't need a vaccine card to go into buildings in New York anymore. You know, it's like, it's okay to be like, hey, we, we, with the information we had, we did the best we could to keep everyone safe, which is what I think the masks were and the, and the vaccine mandates. Great. But if new information comes, like, we're like, we close the schools. Okay. We, we, we don't want kids dying. Well, when you realize, when the information does come back in that like, oh, it doesn't seem to affect kids. Get the schools back open. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's okay to change your mind with new information. I'm with you, dude. I, I've, cha- I've changed my mind many times. My mind's like a bed. I don't have the same sheets on this mind that I had when I was five. I changed my sheets. How often do you change your sheets? Are you the sheet changer in the home? And how often do you do it? We have a maid that comes once a week and she washes the sheets. Which, uh, which, but if it was me, if I didn't have a maid, like in the past when I didn't have a maid, I didn't change the sheets. Me neither, dude. I remember. I, mean, I just uh, kept sheets on forever. When Unless I, when you I spilled, was a, you know, if you spilled like a, a bottle of grape juice on, then you would maybe wash them. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> um, I remember when I first, when I got engaged to my wife, you know, we were getting obviously closer, you know, going to get married. And she's like, hey, um, when's the last time you washed your sheets? You know? Yeah. You don't wash. And them. I was You're, like, I'm a man. Uh, See this uh, here? <laughs> this is called a penis. I don't wash my sheets. <laughs> I literally was like, I don't think I've ever. Wa- I mean, you no. know, like I, it doesn't occur to me. Uh, and she was so mortified. She was like, look, it's. She was like, how long do you think you've had these sheets? I'm like, I, I really don't. You could tell me six months. You could tell me four years. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know how they got on the bed. Uh, I don't even know how I got wherever I am. Anyway, yeah, you one, buy you know, sheets, you put them on the bed, and you forget about it. The end. The, the end. end. And the only time you wash your towels is when they get so stiff and so fucking gross. Yeah. Then, then, then you put it. Then you fucking walk your ass down to the laundromat and put them in the thing because. But you're not going to fucking take your sheets to the laundromat? No. What the fuck, dude? Well, she kind of hipped me to how gross that is because I just didn't know. She's like, you know, your body like oils and you sweat and like your sheets get really gross. Like she told me, she's like, you know, you need to wash your sheets like once a week. And I was like, oh, my God. And I immediately ran through my head all of like my girlfriends that had come and hung out with me in that bed who just, you know when you're just hanging out with people and your girlfriends, you having some girlfriends coming or whatever, they don't love you or care about you enough to talk about your fucking disgusting sheets. They're there. They're there to hang out. They hang out, they get out. But I thought about all those women like, Oh, those poor, those poor bastards. I'm so gross. They walk into that room. They smell all that pheromones. It gets them hot, dude. They're ready to rock. They're ready to go. Well, they, they definitely didn't seem to care. They go in, they get that room and they smell for breeze and fucking downy, uh, fresh. They're like, they're, everything gets dry. Everything is dry. But when they walk in there and it's just fucking four years of fucking cum and sweat and fucking anxiety, everything's <laughs> wet, dude. Everything's wet. And they'll tell you, they'll tell you, oh, you got to wash your sheets. You got to blah, 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 blah. 
Not in the moment, dude. Well, it's the great it's the great tale as old as time, right? Like tale as old as time. All, all the things that they love about you, they want to change, and then when they change you, they hate you. Dude, you know? can, can I can I pivot to the great Billy Harvey? I want to pivot to the great Billy Harvey. Let's do a Billy Harvey pivot. This motherfucker never ever showered. Dude, you walk into a room, dude, he would walk into a room and the women in the room, it could be a giant hall. It could be a giant like a like a fucking the HEB, like a supermarket. And as soon as he walks in, that stink his stink would invade the the get through the air and all the women like gazelles you know like you know when you see gazelles on the their on head the comes surrogate? up in the meadow yeah. they're they're yeah. like they're grazing on the surrogate they're like relaxed they're like mm, here's some grass mm. all of a sudden they smell the lion their fucking head pops up boom dude <laughs> when when billy harvey would walk into a room all the ladies heads just boop up on a swivel what the fuck is that Dude, he's also we, a good looking guy he's a good looking guy but dude i'm telling you dude that stink dude we were recording this is this is a true story i'm not embellishing shit we're recording i'm good now at billy harvey's house and at one point i'm recording my vocals but there's like some kind of like we're in this, I'm in like his bedroom. And so there's some weird like reverb that's happening, you know, cause it's a box. So yeah. there's like a ding, ding, some weird thing. So he's like, Hey man, put, put the, put a blanket over your head and cover the mic and that will deaden the sound. So I grabbed the blanket from his bed and put it over my head put it over the mic and sing, Oof. but it's hot Yikes. in there. It's kind of gross, but I do it. And I'm under there for, I don't know, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is. Finally, at the end of it, I'm like, I got to get out of this blanket. I pull the blanket off, lay it on the bed. And this blanket is just fucking Sarajevo covered in fucking semen stains, dude. It's just fucking, Oh, it's, Everywhere you look, there's just crusty <laughs> semen stains on this fucking thing that were touching my face and my hair and my body. And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude, what the fuck? Have you ever, like, what's going on in here? Dude, we were laughing about that shit forever. Because again, you don't, no, dude, that, that, you don't want to wash that stink off. Ludacris, the famous rapper, he would say, like he would, you know, he would, he would, when he was having sex with these women, so he would, he, he would wipe their scent all over his hair and his face and stuff. And then he would go out and they would smell that scent of other women on him and it would drive women crazy. Yeah. Well, Gene Simmons famously talks about like Kiss had this thing called, this, look, this isn't me. This is Kiss. Okay. They had a thing called the chicken coop where women who wanted to have sex with a band were sent, were sent to this hotel room where there was like a bar and there was food and the guys would come finish the show and all the other guys would go shower and then they'd come down and they'd mingle with the fans and then they'd sort of they'd sort of figure out who they wanted to spend the evening with and they'd take them up to their room. Gene Simmons famously never showered after no, after a kiss that, show. That stink from the from the leather pants and Exactly. 
I have a similar friend to Billy Harvey, except this friend, and I definitely can't say who it is, less conventionally attractive, but he's got that fucking power. Yeah. Uh, doesn't shower, doesn't have a car, doesn't have a driver's license. He, he's a musician. He's just, he's almost, he's like a, he, I don't even know what you call these guys. He just roams around the earth and somehow it all works for him. And uh, when I was getting divorced from my first wife, I needed somewhere to live. And uh, he lived in a big band house with a bunch of band guys. And I said, hey, dude, are you on the road or is there a room at your place? And he goes, oh, man, there's all the rooms are taken. He's like, but I'm on the road for like four months. Why don't you just crash in my room? And I'm like, oh, thank God. I just really needed a place to crash. I'm like, thank you so much. And he's like, yeah, there's a key and wherever. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, dude, um, it is it's, it is a little messy. And he's like, and also, <laughs> there's a couple of broken light bulbs. On, he's like, just there's going to be broken glass on the floor. Just sweep all the broken glass into the closet. Don't worry about it. I'm like, God damn, dude. And I go there and there's, there, like he said, there's just broken glass, all over, like a broken light bulb, clothes. And I looked at the bed. You're, the cum-covered Billy Harvey bed made me think of this. And I looked at his bed and I thought to myself, I can't do it. I can't get in this bed, dude. I just went and got a hotel room. Like I, I just couldn't do it, man. Well, there's no... Nothing that's more attractive to women than not giving a fuck. A certain kind of woman. Not a certain kind. All women. Dude, all. And and the the hotter the woman, the more attractive it is. Because if you're a good looking woman, all you're getting all day long is dudes trying to manipulate you into the sack that's all like oh let me get the door for you oh let oh look i've worn this cologne look at this tie i spent a hundred and fifty dollars on this tie uh <laughs> look at look at my watch look at my fucking car uh can i can i buy you some flowers can i take you out to dinner oh let me take you to this expensive restaurant oh i'll pick up the check dude women are like are you trying to fucking <laughs> fool me with your <laughs> obtuse dumb shit? I love this character. Dude, nothing, nothing, nothing is more repulsive to a woman than that. And then here you got a dude that's like, yeah, sorry, I got fucking glass all over the fucking room. <laughs> They're like, oh, this motherfucker doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Dude, when you walk up to a chick and you smell like you haven't showered ever, and they're like, ooh, you stink, and you're like, bye. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I need it. I need it now. I need that stink. Dude, I'm telling you, dude, you can't fucking not give a shit enough to fucking not. Have a chick go nuts on your ass. Let me, all right, exhibit one. I don't know what season of The Bachelorette it was. It's the only season I watched because the show's dumb. But I turned it on and it was this lady who was The Bachelorette and she was hot for this dude. And this dude, because here's the way The Bachelorette works. Hey, hey, should we should we finish this exhibit A story in the Secret Weekly? Because we're out right, of time. I'm, look, we're, look the, the jury has rested the case. But there is some additional, we have to go into the judge's chambers. And <laughs> there's some shit that needs the judge needs to be told about. That we're going to do that in the secret. All week. right. You can join us there by hopping on uh, Patreon. 
even $5 a month, you support the people who make the shit that you love every week that bring you the laughs while you're driving to work. And it's uh, patreon.com slash IOK. Write in Bob and Clint at gmail.com. We'll answer any questions. All right, we're going to keep it secret weekly. Bye. (laughs) 